Buckle up everyone, welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics are talking everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Well, it's Tuesday, and usually you you know what that means. It's another day until Carpool Rugby League, but we're going a day early this week, Griffo. We've got um, some other work commitments happening on Wednesday night this week. So here we are, Tuesday night edition. The teams have been announced, and um, look, we're only 48 hours away from the, the kickoff of the first game of the weekend. And um, geez, I'll tell you what, if, any, if last weekend and the weekend before that was anything to go by, um, no one's safe in the local tipping comps. No, least of all me. Uh, <laughs> I've gone from the penthouse to the doghouse. Um, six from eight the first week, two from eight week two. So I'm going at 50%. Um, yeah. I had a shocker. But, you know, like I said last week, I said I could get naught out of it. I was not confident for any of them. Yeah, it was it was a it was a tough week, and because we're seeing these um these upsets happen, I know we talked about how tough it was in the first week. That seemed like a breeze compared to um compared to uh what last week was, and obviously too we've got um the Carpool Rugby League tipping competition. Um, I I will claim bragging rights, um, in saying that I am winning the competition by two. But I've used my Joker round. <laughs> I used my Joker in round one. Um, it wasn't as worse as it, as bad as it could have been. Um, credit to Hell's Bell sixty seven. That's Katie. She's in uh, second, and um, oh. a new person this year uh, that's jumped on board in third place at the moment is Bronco Darren seventy six. Um, I'd imagine uh, someone with the name Bronco Darren seventy six would be having a pretty good run given the form of the, the Brisbane Broncos, but uh, good to see all the people jump on board in the Carpool Rugby League tipping competition. At the moment, we've got we've got 36 people on the co- tipping competition at the moment. Um, still time to join if you want to let your friends know or if you haven't signed up yet. Um, with the way we're tipping, you'll catch up to us in no time. So uh, details of that are on our Facebook page. And um, yeah, feel free to jump on board because it is a bit of fun, but... But looking at some of these results, Griffo, I mean, um, going back to last week, uh, probably one one game that divided a lot of the tipsters on Thursday night was was our teams going up against each other. The Panthers, they returned to their winning ways against the Rabbitohs. Uh, 16-10 to 10 was the score in this one. Um, I mentioned last week I was really concerned with the Rabbitohs. I think I only tipped them because, I, you know, that's where my heart was. My major concern, I think, came to came to reality. The the depth of the South Sydney forwards, given the key injuries they had to the likes of Totola, Arrow, um, even some of those other players in the squad like Avili, Sele, and Host, were all missing. And um, I was we were just talking about off the air. Penrith really won that middle and nullified some of the big guns from South Sydney. Yeah, I uh, I certainly agree. Um... Uh, you know, we didn't see much of Cam Murray. Um, and 
Penrith obviously uh, you know, that was a tactic he, he and, and Damien Cook. Um, I, I I've got to say I was really impressed with uh, Tom Burgess for South. I noticed after he went off that that was when Penrith really asserted their dominance. I thought uh, Burgess was good. I thought Shaq Mitchell was good. He's been strong uh, uh, as well. But you know, go take into account South were missing four forwards. Probably, you know, if you got top seventeen, you'd say at least three of those were going to be there. So, um, you know, that's a factor. Uh, I thought the the scoreline as it ended up was was not really a reflection of the difference between the two teams. Um, I'm Flat not just that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. And, and I felt the same way the week before when the Broncos only beat Penrith by one. I didn't think that reflected the the difference either. So, um, yeah, I, Souths will improve on that. Um, I, I haven't had a good look at the replay, but I thought there was a number of tries that were disallowed that, to me, I couldn't quite understand why some of them were disallowed. Um, the upper arm of, of Liam Martin, which to me looked like a shoulder. Um, I'm biased, but uh, I thought Garner's uh, no try when Luttrell held him up. Uh, that looked like a try to me. I haven't had a good look at uh, the second disallowed try. I just didn't know what happened, why it was called back. You might know more about that. Is Graham. that the you know, Gardner one? The Gardner one, the second one. Um, is that the one with the knock on from dummy half? Knock on from dummy half, I think, was the call. Is that, that what you knocked on? Was one okay, yeah. okay. Because I, I couldn't tell, uh, and I've not seen a replay. I only what I saw at the ground, it, mm-hmm. and it was no try. Was it, why is it not try? Um uh, I thought uh, uh, on the flip side, um, obviously there was a bit of controversy about the try that they scored on half time, yeah. uh, when it was possible knock on. Um, but I thought the South try, their first try, Cheekam had his elbow with the ball in it on the ground, and to me that constitutes a tackle. Um, at the time, I thought in the second try that there might have been some interference with Dylan Edwards as they were going for the ball. But I think on, on looking at it again, it was probably fair enough. Um, there was no push or shove, which leads me to uh, another try that was given. It might have been in the Raiders, Redcliffe Dolphin, not Redcliffe, sorry, Dolphins game. Wash my mouth out. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you were right the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Tom Gilbert. He had his hands on the uh, the Raiders player. I can't remember who it was. And I thought, there's no way this is a try. And it went up and it was a try. Was um, that the Kotrick one? It could have been Kotrick. I, I couldn't remember who yeah. the player was. Probably was Kotrick. And that was pretty crucial. And then we saw, we saw in the Tigers-Knights uh, uh, game, right just before full time, when Stefano... Um, got awarded a try for something that since 1908 has been a double movement. Um, so, 
it's a little bit a uh, bit of a lottery, but yeah, that was the one right back. at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think the frustration is it's it's sort of funny because you know I've talked to Penrith fans this week that are saying you know they're 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 a bit upset about the Cheekham trial, which I can understand because you could argue the the arm came in contact with the ground that would constitute grounding, which means it was a pass off the ground. Um, the other the other one that you know I've heard a lot of. You know, South fans were a bit miffed at the the one right on half time, saying, well, you know, that knock usually on, that gets that. called yeah. a knock on, you know, all that sort of stuff that's hard to sort of see yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I think the main frustration we're seeing here is, is because I don't think anyone, and even the South fans I talked to, no one's really, no one could have argued, even if there were some calls there that they don't agree with, that the better team didn't win. I think the frustration from both sides and around the league is that. They feel like sometimes these calls are a bit of a lottery. Um, you know, it may depend on who the referee is, their interpretation. Uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum, really. But um, I think what people are sort of saying is it's it's really frustrating to, um, to see these calls get wrong. I mean, even I've, I've talked to that many Rabbitohs fans this week that are you know, that are divided, even a lot of Rabbitohs fans saying that the Penrith were really hard done by with that ruck interference challenge that went against Luai. Um, I, th- I think that I think that the main frustration from the fans is you had these big games, you had these Thursday night games, and on Friday morning, rather than talking about the Panthers bouncing back, a lot of people around the water cooler are talking about contentious referee calls. I think that's the yeah. real frustration that the people are looking at. But, um, it, it, it is a frustration, and, and I was probably more frustrated at that game than I've been for some time with refereeing calls. Now, I'm not, you know, I, I obviously won't write on all of them, but I think I was right on some of them. Um, but I've got to remember, they are humans. That's um, right. And they do make mistakes, um, which, you know, in, in the light of... Uh, you know, days down the track, you can sort of live with. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, for people who are pretty passionate about anything, uh, anywhere where people feel they've been aggrieved, it's it's multiplied. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, the, in, in that environment, obviously, uh, these are, this is a team in South Sydney that I've got the ultimate respect for. Um, I really think they're a serious threat. And I didn't think Penrith would beat them the other night. I, I, I just couldn't see it based on what I'd viewed in the two previous games. But uh, it, was a, it was a big turnaround against quality opposition. Um, and yeah, back on track, I would think. Uh, well, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, Griffo, just to roll on with that. Sorry to cut you off. You mentioned that they're back right. on track. I actually had a question here for you, and you know, I had written down, how far are Penrith off being where they need to be? Now, you'll say they're back on track with a win, but from a performance standpoint, um, I think a lot of people will say whilst they were able to knock over fellow heavyweight South Sydney, there might still be a ways to go to be where they want to be if they're going to make it a three-peat. No, of course they are. But this is a new side in many ways. And they've got a gel. Um, I think they were better than they well had been previously. 
I actually was very impressed with Luke Garner. Um, I thought he he's a massive improvement on what I'd seen previously. Um, he was a threat with the ball, and I think his his defense was pretty good. So uh, I did notice. Uh, I think when I got home, there was a bit of discussion, not on the WhatsApp, but just uh, with Benny there, who maybe wasn't quite as impressed. Um, but at the end of the game, it's a bit of a litmus test. Luke Garner came over to uh, the Den, the Penrith area, and everyone you know, pretty much stood and applauded. And um, They won't do that if, if you know, they, they don't particularly think the guys, you know, not played well. I thought he had a really good game and um, good signs there. Yeah. And, and I, think I, I don't sometimes... think they've got the bullets to fire them that's, that they and had. That, and that's the thing too, because that's a very um, topical, I suppose, position in the, the Penrith team. That's that's where Viliami Kikau was playing. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be a very different role. Luke Garner's not Viliama Kikau. They're going to have to change the way they play. But the the thing I think you've got to give into his credit, and some Penrith fans who I've talked to this week who have said, oh, you know, I'm not as keen on Garner. I think sometimes fans need to look at the bigger picture where they say, oh, yeah, he dropped that ball. And, you know, you know, I mean, tongue-in-cheek, I remember talking to someone and saying, you know, he dropped one ball and it led to a try. He dropped another one and it cost him a try. But I think they're going, oh, he dropped that one. He did this and that. I think what you got to do is give the bloke some credit for being in the position to score, which is um, a lot more than what many other players did, and they're changing their way of attacking uh, very much so. So I think with Luke Garner, he's one of those players that each week we'll be talking about him growing into this side and being part of that that glue that pulls them together and in, in assisting with the with the gelling of this team. I, I think that's going to be something that week by week you'll see that improvement. And Penrith will find their way to play without having that that powerful line being run by by kickout because that was so key to them. They they'd attack that left side. They'd have this big barnstorming run. He'd either make half a line break or he'd make a line break or he'd attract defenders, opening it up for someone else. Luke Garner's a different player. He's not going to attract those defenders. He may not um, create as much of a nuisance factor, but. I think what it does is it shows that they've got a player there who is learning the system and adding his own element to that system. And I think the more they play, the more that that, um, that partnership with him on the left edge and the, uh, the players around him is going, to, um, is going to grow and continue to be good for Penrith. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly agree. Um, I think not just the attacking presence of... Of Viliami Kikau, whether or not he was receiving the ball, but I've noticed that it, a big thing about Penrith in the last few years has been the way that from a Cleary kick um, they would be drop basically in defence, gang tackle, and they'd be driving the opposition back for you know the first two or three tackles. I'm not seeing that to the same extent. It just, and I've, I've noticed this in all the games, they are quite a small, they're probably the smallest team in the NRL. Um, like Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, I think they're only about 102 kilos. 
So yeah, they're generally giving about 10, 15 kilos to, to their opponents. The Broncos guys were towering over him. Um, Liam Martin's not huge. Uh, none of the, none of the, and, and I think that's by design that, that they want mobile players. They like to play the ball quickly and that's the way they play. Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing sort of a power game with guys who are smaller, but generally, I guess, a bit quicker than their opponents. Um, but when you had Viliami kick out there, you're adding a huge human yeah. that's just not there. And that's that's going to be a big issue, I think. Um, not the big issue in that we've got to you know put on the uh, red hat and the, the yellow vest. It's <laughs> not quite that trail. big an issue, but... Um, I, I, look, they're not the side they were last year. Um, in the you know we talked about Kikau, but also Appy, poor old Appy. I yeah. felt sorry for him. So we'll talk about that game later. But yeah. um, but I I, I do you know, to Mitch Kenny's credit, he was the one that threw that long ball for the first try. Um, yep. he had to sort of turn around to do it to. To pass that direction, but he got like a job from the schoolyard, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like, I would have been doing the same. Don't get me wrong, but um, but yeah, he, he saw where the space was and and he got the ball there. And then again, we saw Sony Luke, and, and he played more, much more minutes this game. Um, he he's a very skillful player. So yeah. um, over time, I think they're going to be able to adjust to the loss of Appy, but it's going to take time. And um, Appy's a special talent. You, you you can't just say, okay, we'll put a guy in who plays a bit like Appy and Sony Luke. I mean, Sony looks good, um, but he's not Appy yet. Uh, but the signs are good. Um, yes. And Mitch Kenny, he's in your seventeen. No matter who who they've got, he, he's in the seventeen somewhere. Whether you're starting with him or bringing him off the bench, and I think probably, um, well, he he did go off early because he got head knock. Uh, I don't think he would have gone on that early under normal circumstances, but but he's, he's rock solid in defence, um, and uh, I guess they'll they'll tweak with that combination and and how they uh, they make their interchanges, but. Um, they were forced early to bring Sony Luke on, and I don't think it's a bad thing to to bring him on earlier than than what he was in uh, in round one. But uh, yeah, all in all, um, as I said, to come away with two points against the Rabbitohs, who who I do seriously rate as a as a top notch side, got to be happy with that. Um, and uh, yeah, timing of the bye, which Originally thought not to be good. It's worked out well with uh, sort of uh, injuries to, to the two halves. Uh, and having the week off is, is going to um, be a blessing. Yeah, major concerns there, obviously, at the ground. There would have been a bit of a hush go across the ground when uh, when Nathan Cleary went off at half time. Um, yeah, the, the signs there, I don't know if you've heard too much about it. I haven't heard too much in regards to the extent of the injury. I think given the bye, um, it is... It is good for them to give him yeah. a bit of a as rest. As far as obviously. I'm aware, he's going to be right to go next week, as yeah. will Luai, who was also in a moon boot when he left the ground. 
Yeah, and and the the good thing is when he did leave the ground, I remember messaging you know someone who was saying, "Oh, geez, you know, Cleary, Cleary looks like he's in trouble." The thing was one of my brothers, and I said, "Ah, oh, when you look at yeah, he was sort of limping, but it, when he was moving off the field, he was moving pretty quick." Um, I'd imagine if there's any damage there, it's only minor. But that's something I think long term throughout the season. Um, you, know, you never know; that could be something we're talking about down the track as as something that might be a bit of a niggle or or a concern for him. But by the sounds of it, it's only minor, and he should be pretty good to go after the bye. And you know, as we said there, Griffo, um, Penrith, we've given them quite a bit of airtime there because we won't be talking about them later later on yep. when we uh, do the two minute tip. Uh, they have the bye this week, um, so not a bad time, as you said. Um, they've had some, you know, even though it's early on in the season, given the fact that the World Club Challenge was a big game, they had that tough loss, to get, loss against Brisbane, it's always a tough game against South Sydney. Um, not a bad timing for them to have the bye uh, coming up this week. And um, I think coming back after the bye, if I'm not mistaken, they've got a big game on the Thursday against Parramatta. So they'll, they'll Indeed they have really yep. hard to, to, to get up for that one. So some big games to start the year for the defending premiers. Uh, but as Griffo said, they're getting back on track in regards to their premiership defence. Um, one team that got back on track after a loss in round one were the Cronulla Sharks. Um, High-scoring game uh, early on Friday with Parramatta and uh, Cronulla. Parramatta going down 26 points to 30. Uh, I think the, um, I suppose the main talking point around this one is uh, a lot of tries scored in this one. It was five tries apiece. Uh, and really the only difference between the teams were the um, the kicking boots of Braden Trindle over Mitchell Moses. But uh, I think Cronulla will be very keen to have that two points put on the board uh, given the fact that they'll, their their goal this year will be top four, yeah, um, entertaining, entertaining game. Um, I tip Sharks, so I was pretty happy. Um, not too many tip the Sharks, but no. I can't gloat because I I missed six of the round. So, um, but uh, Will Kennedy, I think he got. Three tries. He was very good. Their their backs were really good, and and that's how I expected that, that they were going to um, pose some problems for the Eels out wide. Um, and saying that, Jesse Ramian, he made a lot of mistakes. Um, you sort of notice these things more when you tip a team and you ride them. <laughs> and you're right, yeah. yeah. What are you doing, mate? Like, when you got a horse in the race. Yeah, yeah. But uh, on the flip side, I think Bailey Simonson had a had a bit of a nightmare game, and I think it might have been uh, maybe Wonga Blake might have made the odd error or two. But um, there were guys in both teams in the outside backs who uh, who, who were coming up with some errors. But credit uh, credit to to the Sharks for getting there. I mean, they're playing at Paris home ground and. Um, Paris certainly lift at that stadium, but they're all in two, and, and yeah. two of those games of at, at their home ground, which we we don't expect uh, to see from the Eels. Um, whether they've got a crack in the windscreen or cracks, uh, I'd leave that to Latrell to comment when they come up against South. But I'm um, sure I have something to say. 
I'm sure he will. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they've got a tough draw, the Eels. They, they've got uh, Manly this week. Yeah, that's the not The Panthers easy. the week yep. after, and then the Roosters. Roosters. So it's yep. not inconceivable that they could be 0-5. Um, I'm not saying they will be, but it's, you know, it's it's quite possible. It's, it's very possible. And coming from grand finalists, don't forget. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of people forget yeah. that because they're not in that heavyweights talk because people are expecting them to yeah. be a bit further down yeah. this year, but they weren't expecting but them it, to... It, it, five, five top eight teams from last year they've come up against. a horrid draw to start yeah. the year for them. Um, if they can jag two of the next three games... I think they'll be very, very happy um, because they obviously will run into a, a better part of the draw at some stage. Um, if they're 0-5, I don't know if they're going to come back and make the eight. I mean, obviously, they're a quality team, but it's going to dent your confidence as much as anything. Um, and there's all this talk about Moses and his contract and do you think uh, that's factored into the the, the uh, form on the field, or do you think that's a bit bit too much of a? I, I I can't say. I mean, you're a player and you're out on the field. I really don't think during the course of that game, your contracts coming yeah. into your mind at all. Um, you're just trying to get. I mean, a lot of the times you're just you know working on that that play and what's in front of you, and then the little exactly. pieces become big pieces that hopefully turn exactly. to a win. Well, Moses so. did some really good things in that game as well. He got a couple of tries, but um, yeah, I, congratulations to the Sharks. That, that's two points that, uh, you know, we're missing their major playmaker, Nico Hines, so they'll be happy with that, that they got the two there. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's as I said, good win for the Sharks, but Bit of a concern for Parramatta now being 0-2. It just puts a little bit more pressure on them this week when they come up against Manly. Um, and Manly, I mean, obviously having a buy in there, but um, we'll talk about the ladder in the moment. Manly fans can't wait for me to go through the ladder. Uh, but the other game yeah, on Friday... Sorry, just before we move on from Parramatta, yeah. and I heard this, and it's really, I think it's unfair. Para will come up against the Panthers after the bye. Oh, sorry. They come, this week, they're coming up against Manly after the bye. Yep. Then they come up against Penrith after the bye. And I believe they're coming up against the Roosters after the bye. That's that's a little unfair, really. That's, you know? that's obviously a... And that pattern there is obviously a pattern you may see throughout the draw and whatever, you know, mob does the draw and sorts it out. That's, that's something that I think Parramatta fans will, will not be happy about. I mean... It, Certainly, if they're all in five, games, yeah. key games coming up against fresh teams, regardless of who you're playing. Yeah. Um, whenever you play the team coming off the bye, you you're at a bit of a disadvantage, and I, I think that having that, um, yeah, that's that's a really good pickup, Griffo. I think uh, that's one thing I haven't heard much about, and it may if they lose this week to the the Seagulls, that might be a discussion that gets started. But you heard it here first on Carpool Rugby League. Good pickup. So, uh, yeah. I, Graham, I, while I, I'd like to uh, give myself a pat on the shoulder, I did actually hear it from somewhere else first. But nah, you, many of the listeners may be hearing it for the first time. 
our listeners are loyal, mate. They're only hearing it here. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Brisbane Broncos uh, defeated the Cowboys on Friday night. This was um, as they were dubbing it the uh, the old Queensland derby. I love a derby that where teams are separated by, you know, a 15-hour drive or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Brisbane, though, two from two. Not only did they f- defeat last year's minor premiers, um, they defeated the Cowboys, who were a top four team from last year. Um, bit of talk out of this one, I suppose. Um, Scott Drinkwater, I think, is probably one of the main stories for the Cowboys, who um, they'll be without him for a couple of weeks. He spent a bit of time in the bin. Um so for the for the Cowboys, it's not a great start, given the fact they did win last week, um, albeit just scraped home against a Canberra side that um, I, I know that neither of us really rate highly as a contender this year. And yep. then um, Brisbane got the chocolates again the other night. Not an ideal start for the Cowboys. No. Um, I mean, in saying that, when we get to the latter, they're one and two as the majority teams are. Um, but they were outplayed by the Broncos. Uh, yes, they, they did certainly. Uh, they <laughs> led. Uh, they got a good lead early, and I thought, okay, I'm looking good here. Yeah, I've got the you know got the Cowboys in this one. Um, but uh, you know, I was very impressed by by Brisbane. Um, they looked uh, they looked quicker. Um, and uh, in the second half, I just, just the Cowboys didn't really look as though they were going to win that game, and that's how it panned out. Um, Broncos look the goods at the moment. I think that was the key for Brisbane was really when you look at their their rotation, um, they were really good. I think their best period Brisbane, where they scored a lot of their points, was that period just before halftime and just after halftime. And I don't think we talk about how key that part of the game is for a lot of teams. Um, we know it's it's a coach killer, and as a fan, you go, oh, like even the other night when Penrith scored right on half time um, to extend their lead. As a fan of the Raiders, you go, oh no, like you know, we'll, you know, four points would have been great at half time, and now it's ten. The the Brisbane Broncos scored two tries in the ten minutes before half time, and two tries in the. 10 minutes after halftime. That middle 20-minute period where a lot of teams are doing their rotation of their bench, um, the Broncos scored four tries. And I think that's something that you've got to give them a bit of bit of credit for in that stage. Um, and two now, of those... I think part... Sorry, um, I was going to say Scott Drinkwater off the field for 10 minutes. How many tries did they get while he was two, off? Uh, two. Two of those two. in all fairness. Okay. So where, that's yeah. pretty cru- crucial. That's that's a fair point too, yeah. Yeah, it's hard when you've got not only... I'm not saying a, he didn't deserve to be there. Like, he, he obviously... No, but it factors into yeah. my point, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, part of that obviously is, you know, it's easier playing up against 12. And uh, I think he his incident was just after half time from memory. And I think, um, yeah, just, just after that, you know, obviously you had... Yeah, when that incident happened, you had the Katoni Staggs try and then Mam scored his second one after that. Um but just, just quickly on Brisbane, we talk about a lot of players. Obviously, Adam Reynolds gets talked about a lot. Uh, Kurt Capel, Tony Stakes. Ezra Mam, he's sort of one of those players that came on the scene 
last year. We weren't necessarily sure what we were going to get, but he's slotted right into this team. He doesn't look out of place in a uh, successful first-grade team, does he? Oh, he looks very good. Um, I think, uh, and I did hear an interview with him, um, and he's really working, worked on his defence. That was the area that that was uh, needed to be improved. And I, I think he's been quite solid in defence. And he is uh, obviously a very good attacking player. Um, we saw it in, in, in round one against Penrith and we saw it again uh, against the Cowboys. So um, I'd, I'd heard a fair bit about Ezra Mann before he debuted. Um, I'd not really seen him, but apparently he was... He was a gun in the in the Q Cup, and uh, now he's uh, becoming a gun in the NRL for the Broncos. Brisbane, uh, just before we move on, um, they're two from two. I don't think either of us had them in the eight. They come up nope. against St George this week. Um, no, I don't think I'm giving away too much by saying I'm tipping them this week. I'm, I'm expecting them to be three from three. But it's a bit of you know uh, buyer beware, isn't it? Because of course they were they were in the top four well well into uh, last season, and um, they didn't necessarily well they didn't make the the finals. Um, so look, very promising signs for Brisbane fans, but I think a lot of people are still uh, a bit wary before they. I mean, it's only round two uh, before they yeah. start to to talk about Brisbane um, holding on to that position. But I mean. Couldn't have asked for a better start. Um, I think if you asked me a fortnight ago, Brisbane, I, I would have said Brisbane would lose the first two. Um, they've won the first two, so an excellent effort from Brisbane. Um, yes. The other team back in the winner's circle, the Sydney Roosters, they won 20-12. to 12. Um, I'm sure everyone who had them in the knockout comp in round one would be excited to see that they're back in the winner's circle. Uh, they come up against a Warriors side who continues to struggle. Uh, this game here it was um, it's a lot tighter than people thought. There was, especially you know, I suppose when the Warriors they did snag a try with about twenty minutes to go, and I think that was the last points um, until that penalty goal that were were scored. So you know, up until about five minutes to go, the Warriors were within six. But even though the scoreboard suggested the Warriors were in it, I never really had the feeling as though the Warriors were were in this one. Yeah, I um, I was sort of uh, I didn't see too much of the game live. I was listening to it uh, on the radio, um, and that's all. Uh, I didn't actually see any of it live. Um, I was actually uh, I was having a swim uh, uh, at Balmoral when uh, the game started, and then um, on my way home, listening to the uh, the game. Uh, I did watch it was either this morning or last night. I looked at the uh, it was just the KO bite, so I just got the highlights. Um, it, yeah, you, you've got to say that uh, probably didn't expect the Warriors to to be in the game as they were, but uh, you know, Coach Webster maybe doing a decent job over there. Um, Roosters would be happy to have the two points with some notable omissions from the team. Uh, including Victor Radley, who didn't take the field, as we expected would be the case. So, um, yeah, it's a good effort. Uh, Roosters will be happy with that. 
definitely happy with that. They'd be expecting wins, and they they don't expect uh, any less than that. And it's a bit of a um, a positive and a boost given their big game against the Rabbitohs this week. But the um the other team that um that just keeps on winning, they're winning again. The Dolphins. Uh, they're two from two. They won on the weekend this time against the Raiders. Um, this was a game where the Raiders got out to an early lead, but uh, tries to Gilbert and the Hammer in the second half uh, sealed it for the Dolphins, albeit some penalty goals and uh, Simbins thrown in there. Uh, I think Marshall King, his one was in the first half. O'Sullivan... Uh, I think a lot of people were, were thinking it was very unlucky to, to be simbined in the second half. Hudson Young also in the simbin at the same time as O'Sullivan. So for the last, effectively, 10 minutes of the game, it was 12 on 12 uh, for the most part. But I, I think what we've got to really talk about here, the story, is the, is the credit to the Dolphins. Uh, it was great to see them play at KO Stadium in Redcliffe. Um, Players that have gone to the Dolphins that we were a bit unsure about who are doing great things. The standout, though, for me has got to be the Hammer. Yeah, he's. Uh, I believe he's leading the Dally M's. Um, we know that he's a quality player. Uh, I was uh, I was surprised he wasn't making the, the, the top 13... Um, at the Cowboys, but understand why, because they were winning after he came back from injury. But um, look, he's quality. Uh, he's, he's incredible pace and he, uh, he's he got good instincts. Uh, so they didn't get a so-called marquee player, but I think he sort of fits pretty close to the bill actually as, uh, as the guy that um, is really important to anything that, that they achieve. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's an experienced... Well, even though he's quite young, he's he's played State of Origin. Mm. Um, represented, I think, Samoa at the World Cup. Um, uh, yeah, he's the sort of guy that uh, you want to turn your TV on watching um, because, you know, he's he's just an excitement machine. I, I love watching the hammer. Not so much when he's playing against Penrith, but... <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's he's one of the guys I really like to watch. Yeah, and, and another another thing about the Dolphins is you have these players that have come in and Wayne Bennett's been just getting the best out of them. I think the other player that um, uh, people are really talking about is Jeremy Marshall King. He's been in great form and probably, you know, I mean, I know everyone's doing their job, but just even little effort, things that you may not notice on your screens, blokes like Mark Nichols running for 185 metres uh, to help out the team. And some of those players who seem to have that revitalisation, like Felice Kafusi looks like he's Amazing. he's gone back in time a few years and, oh, yeah. and it's really revitalised his career. He's got that enthusiasm about, like, he wants to be there, he wants to do something with the Dolphins, and he's just he just seems invigorated to me. He's uh, he's a demolition machine um, in defense. I mean, uh, there are a few guys uh, from the Roosters, and there is one Hudson Young whose ribs, I dare say, would still be feeling the tackles of illegal, absolutely legal, um, huge hits from uh, 
from Felice Cafusi, the Dolphinator. Mm. No, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's been great to nah, watch. It, and and it is really good because really before the season, uh, one of the things we sort of had on our our you know wish list was a successful year for the Dolphins, and it seems as though they're going to be. Um, they're going to be competitive this year. They're not the easy beats that a lot of people thought they'd be. So I'm uh, well one of those done. people, Graham. I thought yeah, they I were going to be cannon fodder. Didn't want them to be, but expected them to to struggle. So uh, well done to the Dolphins, and uh, it was great. It's great for the Redcliffe area. I mean, I know we, we joke about the fact we're not allowed to call them Redcliffe, and even sometimes the fans are confused. I think during the game there was one point there where I noticed that half the stadium was chanting Dolphins, the other half were chanting Redcliffe, and it was sort of a bit of a mismatch, um, you know, muddled up uh, chant. But, you know, they were kind of arguing with each other, but they were all supporting the same team. And it was just great to see that there's uh, there's a lot of interest and support up there. I think they got about 10,000 up there, obviously, not a large stadium at Redcliffe. Uh, good numbers um the week before at suncorp and um you know that'll that'll continue they have their first big road trip this week heading down to newcastle but i think many will fancy them in uh in that game right, they're getting they're getting the nights at a very good time yeah and look speaking of getting teams at a good time i think that's really the story of the bulldogs game against the storm the other night uh 26 to 12 winners in melbourne i mean going down to melbourne and coming back with two points isn't an easy thing to do but I think in this one, um, injuries were just too much for the Storm. They've got too many key players out uh, to, to really get a gauge of where they're going to be at. This is something, Graham, we discussed uh, before the season started. Um, you know, we were out in the walk. walk That's uh, right, yep. And uh, we talked about this, that um, a massive concern for this team was how they were going to fare in the early rounds with no Pappenhausen, uh, no Olam. And we've seen since that time, Monster and now Nelson, uh, Sofa Solomona, succumb to uh, injuries that would keep them out for quite a while. Um, yeah, they they simply don't have the depth of talent because their key men are on the big books and rightly so because they're yeah. elite. Um, you, you know, your your Harry Grants, your, your Cameron Monsters, your your Flying Dutchman, and uh, um, Jerome Hughes. They're amazing four players there. Um, I dare say Nelson for for forwards probably on fairly decent cash. Um, so their their cap is is skewed somewhat pro- probably more than most teams to these elite players. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and then you've got a lot of workers. Um, and and if you've got these guys in your team. That that works, but when you lose more than one of those guys, one is you know is is a struggle. But when you lose more than one, you're not left with a whole lot. And we we saw that that the Bulldogs um, they toyed with them really, um, 
yeah, the scoreline probably again didn't quite reflect the difference in the teams. Um, and uh, once it was sort of established that the Bulldogs were going to win the game, I'm I'm thinking, Bulldogs, I didn't tip you, but I want you to win by a heap because I know that uh, <laughs> the, the Melbourne Storm were a, a pretty popular pick with the uh, with our little competition. Oh, yes, the the Joker and the Thief. And I was thinking, yeah, no, but minus 40 for a few people wouldn't go down too badly. <laughs> um, I think... Uh, just to help those of us that had the roosters in week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> most of us did, to be fair. Uh, there were a lot of minus 10s. Um, it ended up they only went down by 14. So um, that wasn't too bad a result on the scoreboard. But uh, again, didn't really reflect the difference. But uh, you know, they're, they're going to struggle without their best players, more so than, than a lot of teams because that backup talent in the top 30 isn't quite to the standard that maybe it is in a few other teams. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they um, they go moving forward. The Storm have the Titans this week. Um, and, and, yeah, credit to the Dogs. I mean, yes, they were coming up against a team with injuries, but you still got to... Uh, get the job done, and I think um, that people will be, yeah, Dogs fans will be happy with the way that some of the, yeah, there's, there's, there's new players there. I mean, uh, we know that Kikau got Simbin late, late on. Um, so a few Simbins this week, actually. Um, a lot of sinners out there, Graham. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Need forgiveness. forgiveness. That's Need right. Forgiveness. Yes, the churches would have been packed on Sunday morning yep. after these ones. Um, but yeah, good to see some. Um, you know, the attack for the dogs starting to come together as well. So they're a bit of a watch this space, the Bulldogs as well. I think people are waiting on them just to see how they go. Um, I think, you know, they'll be a very tough team to beat this week at Belmore. But, um, yeah, more on that a bit later. The West Tigers. Um, Tigers lose again, this time to the Knights. Um, I've heard, yeah, I, I, look, I've heard people call this as one of the, you know, the most boring things they've watched. Um, these two teams, I think, I feel like when they played each other last year, we might have been pl- saying a s- similar thing. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously, the aim of the game is to win the game, um, and entertainment's a byproduct of that. But this is another game, Griffo, where we saw um, to the Knights, we saw a period where they were playing a man down, um, Dominic Young, Simbind, and then for probably 15, yeah, I'd say 15 minutes at the end, um, they were without Jacob Siafidi, who they, um, yeah. So despite that, the Tigers couldn't capitalise on it. And as you said, um, you know, Stefano went over late to, to make the scoreline um, a bit more respectable. But uh, given the fact that there were, you know, a couple of periods in this game where they were a man up, the, the Tigers just... Um, you know, couldn't capitalise. I think one of their tries did come when Dominic Young was in the sim bin, but, um, gee, there's still a lot of work to do out in Tiger Town, isn't there? Graham, you're only telling half the story there. What you're not mentioning, and this just makes it worse, you're trying to be kind to the Tigers, I think. What you didn't say was that Kalen Ponga got knocked out in the first or second That's minute. That's true. That's true. They were also. This is their marquee man. Yeah, Yeah, that Um, is true. What you're not saying is that uh, Jaden Braley 
got knocked out in about the 15th minute. Yeah. Gone for the game. Their hooker, yeah. one of their best players and captain. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, I think it was in the second half, he got injured. He was yeah. out of the match. I mean, this, and I, it's really been overlooked, including by myself. And effectively, the, Ponga out. The, like, that was the first minute, wasn't it? First well, second you think minute. Ponga out of Newcastle, they're not winning. Braley, oh. Braley was early. That was probably about yeah, 15, 15 minute minutes mark, like, yeah. This is one of the great victories, I, I think, of any team in, in, you know, in several years to overcome those obstacles for a team that, let's face it, you know, I, I have them in the bottom four and I haven't changed my opinion on that. Um, then to lose their, their star player, arguably their second best player, probably their, their best, well, definitely their best back rower, Frizzell, and as you mentioned, Dom Young, 10 minutes in the bin, and, and Safiti missed the last 15 minutes. So it, it just defies any sort of logic as to how the Tigers did not win that game, other yeah. than their incredible ineptness. <laughs> Forage. <laughs> Forage from Newcastle. And, and I, I guess that, as I said, the focus has really been on how bad the Tigers were, and they were bad. They were horrible. But uh, I guess Newcastle haven't really got the credit that they deserved for what was an outstanding defensive performance. Very resilient. The, the, the Tigers were just that bad in attack. I mean, it was unbelievable the, the mistakes that were being made. But I've seen them make more mistakes last year. Um, there was just nothing doing. Um, the irony, Graham, is that what the Tigers said was that John Bateman was not playing in that game and in game one because mm. not being out here enough to learn the plays. Well, I don't know. Anyone they didn't knows have them. any plays. They had no <laughs> plays. Oh, what was he doing on the sidelines? Like, they did not know. have a play. But I don't know. This is where... and. I, this is this is a concern too because I think Tigers fans they know the plan with Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. I think they were hoping for a bit of you know Tim Sheens come come in, revitalize the team a little bit. But I don't know they've been really poor. Um, even in that first week, um, you know they 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 were they were poor, especially in attack. And I remember watching them play against uh, the Titans. And, you know, I, I remember one of the tries just being a bit of, um, you know, a bit of brilliance where with Adam Dewey, he just taking on the line and saying yep. stuff, I'll, I'll run a line and I'll take him on and see. And he got through. It's I, They haven't created much that, that teams need to be concerned about. And I oh, don't think... awful. I, I, I really do think that with the, the form of the Dolphins, um, the West Tigers, they've got a firm as, as the wooden spoon favourites for, for most of the punters out there. They have I been. I didn't even have them in my mindset for a wooden spoon. I thought they were going to be just outside the top eight. Now, and you, Yeah, go on. 
I, I still think they've got, with the, the roster they've got, they do have, and I don't think they're going to be just outside the top eight. I think they can certainly be lower than that now. But it, it is only round two. two. Um, so while they were absolutely diabolical, um, it, it's probably not time for panic stations just yet. Um, but they must come out this week and put in a better performance. I don't know who they're playing. I haven't looked, but, uh, they play, uh, Canterbury at Belmore. Okay. So the dogs are licking their lips. Um, <laughs> uh, but in saying that, like I, I'm not completely discarding them from from no. winning the game. I don't think they will, but they've. It's not out of the realm of possibility. No, it's not out. But gee, they were bad. I mean, I, I felt for Arpy, as I said. He made mistakes, Arpy. Like he didn't have a great game, um, but he was looking around for runners, and they weren't there. Yeah, Luke and how much of that's around. having to come back on him to create something because the yeah, playmakers... The no one was doing aren't. anything. Like, yeah. Luke Brooks ran 30 to 40 metres across the field. Not one guy <laughs> ran onto... He was looking yeah. to pass. Someone he just ran straight. To run. He was so, looking, someone run. No one did. Yep. Like, that's awful. It's, it's, it is it's it is tough. And, and I, I think that there's major concerns for the Tigers there. We, we know that that's the case but just before we finish up on Newcastle the, the major concern as you mentioned there I, I wanted to expand a little bit on the Caelan Ponga situation he'll be missing this week as you'd imagine with the um, concussion protocols this is another young man who has experienced quite a few head injuries in a short period of time and um, and, a, and another one who I think um, we, we really need to I suppose touch on with with his health being a priority because he's had a lot of concussions. Graham, he had something like seven months off. Uh, might not be that long, but he missed. I think the last month of the regular season. Obviously, Newcastle didn't play in the finals, so we're going back to. Um, no, I guess. Late August, August since yeah. he last played a game of rugby league, um, and I think he might have played in the trial. But he had a, a long layoff. He comes back in round one. He cops a knock. Uh, independent doctor and highly criticised. Got him off. Independent doctor proven that uh, he and the NRL have the welfare of the players at yeah. heart. Um, Which we week, just discussed yeah. last week in depth. Yes, yeah, we did. Um, it makes, again, the, the comments of Phil Gould even more moronic than... Uh, um, mm. uh, and then next week... So he's, he's got a concussion last week. He plays. He's out in the first minute. This guy should not be playing... Oh for an extended period of time. He's had some... I think he had four concussions last year. He's had another two. How many do you need? Hmm. You know? I mean, it's not yep. safe for him to be playing rugby league for some time. 
Um, yeah. and, so, and I know yeah. he's he's a uh, one of the the key marketing, um, I guess uh, pillars of the NRL that 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 uh, he's a poster boy. Um, he is obviously the centerpiece of of the Newcastle Knights, but I don't know how often we're going to see him play this year. If we're, you know, we've got as number one priority his health and safety. Um, yeah, I, I, I really uh, am concerned for him and for his club. Yeah, because. If he is out for the extended period that he should be, their season's gone. Um, yeah, he he is key for them. He's like the it's the turbo manly story yeah. in yeah. in in you know in, the, in Newcastle. So uh, watch this space. All the best to Caelan Ponga. Really, you know we're we're on here looking out for the health and welfare of the players first and foremost. And um, you know the the uh, rugby league is it's just a game after all, but it's a game we love. And um, another thing that that people love is when their team win. And the St George Illawarra Dragons got a win on the weekend. Um, very important win, especially considering they had the bye in week one. Um, Round two sitting on four points. Uh, it's as good as can be for the Dragons. The Titans on the flip side of that, Griffo. Um, they're one win, one loss. Um, so, look, I think I think here it's, it just shows for the, for the Dragons. Perhaps the bye in round one gave them a good opportunity to, to, to you know, get on the board here and make that win. Uh, all that more important given the fact that they're going to round three on four points. Yeah. Um, congratulations to them. Uh, they've had a lot of publicity over the off-season. It's all been bad. Uh, and they've, they've come out and got uh, got two points after taking the bye in the first round. There are a lot of jokes about that, you know, that uh, you know they'd be on two points and above uh, a number of teams. But, uh, yeah, they were the better team. Um, Tyrell Sloan turned the game with his his incisive run out of dummy half to set up the try for, it might have been Ben Hunt, I'm not sure it was, but um, they were down, I think, 12-2 at the time and and seemed sort of bereft of any ideas of of how to score a try and then a bit of brilliance from Sloan. And uh, it uh, it was all dragons after that. I was a little disappointed with the uh, Titans, not just because I tipped them, but I thought they, uh, yeah, they didn't quite play, and I'm sure to their own expectations because I thought they'd win that game. Um, I like the speed of their winger, Khan Pereira, but he made uh, one or two really bad errors. Um, that led to a try. Uh, I think he uh, sort of touched a ball that then uh, went out or he took it over the sideline and, and the Dragons got it and then uh, they scored in that set of six. Ravalawa, um, yeah, the winger just came in when he didn't need to and just an open passage then for the big Fijian. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, the hook went out for their halfback, Tanner Boyd who his kicking game was poor. 
he failed to find touch twice from a uh, a penalty kick, which I mean that's really uh, that's bad. Inexcusable. Shouldn't it? do it once, but you think after you've done it once that you'd learn. Uh, and then there was uh, he did kick it out of the full in general play, um, and then eventually yeah, he got the hook. Um, so yeah, they've got issues about what is their one six seven. Um, obviously a fit four, and is there six? Uh, what do they do with Campbell? Uh, I think their best option at fullback is AJ Brimson. Yeah, where, where Campbell fits, we're not quite sure. I don't think they're quite sure. Obviously, number nine is Verrills. He's uh, like Verrills, but uh, they they've got to settle on there. I, I guess they thought Boyd was their halfback. Um, mm. And uh, again, I we will look at the teams this week. I haven't looked yet. We'll be interesting to see which way they're going um, when we get to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well done, Dragons. I've got to say. Yeah, they've, 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 they've basically beaten all that's been put in front of them so far, or, you know, given that it's only yeah. one game. But um, when we look at the ladder, Griffo, uh, it's a very different ladder to what we expected, even though it's early on in the season. And I know in previous years we said, you know, it takes till about round 10 for the ladder to kind of sort itself out. But, um, you know, no one would have expected, even given the, the draws that we'd have. Um, the Manly Seagulls in first place. They're on four points. Uh, the the Dolphins are in second place on four points. The Dragons are in third place on four points. And the Broncos are the only other team on four points. So the top four teams as it currently stands are the only teams on four points. Keep in mind with that, the Seagulls and Dragons have had a bye. So there are only two teams in the competition that have played both games and won both games. Um, they are the Dolphins and the Broncos. So uh, a lot of good things happening in Southeast Queensland. Uh, then we have a big run of teams who are on two points. Uh, the only thing that decides their ladder position here is for and against. Um, so we'll have the Panthers in fifth, Rabbitohs sixth, Warriors seventh, Titans eighth, Roosters ninth, Sharks 10th, Knights 11th, Storm 12th, Cowboys 13th, Bulldogs 14th. And then we've got three teams at the bottom who have zero points thus far. The Canberra Raiders, Parramatta Eels, and West Tigers. So um, a few surprises up the top there, Griffo, as we said. But um, unfortunately... Massive surprises. Yeah, I mean... Dolphins and Broncos, especially given the fact they've won both of those games. But if, if someone was to say to you, which teams do you think would have both both games, they'd win both of them and be undefeated, you know, you'd you'd, you'd be you'd be looking elsewhere. But yeah, we've only got four teams in the whole competition that haven't lost a game at round two. I think that just shows how tight this competition is going to be this year. Yeah, and that, that's a good thing. Um... That's a good thing. Uh, in the past few years, we, we've we sort of known if the Storm or the Panthers or the Rabbitohs, I guess and to a lesser extent the Roosters, uh, were playing, unless they're playing each other, they're probably going to win. Yeah. Um, I don't think we can say that anymore. Um, 
throw in Para as well in, in that scenario. It's a much more level playing field we've got now. Um, so, you know, a team could come out and, and not go well, and then the next week they can turn it around. And uh, it, it's not good for if you're in a tip-in comp, but um, but it is it is saying something about the quality of the NRL competition that uh, you most games you're not real confident who's going to win, and and I think that's that's good for competition. Uh, it's definitely good for a competition. You want to have a nice tight competition. You want to have. Um, yeah, because obviously most people have their team they watch every week and they want to win, but then there's seven games which are they're neutral observers and for them those seven games are entertainment and round one was probably a lot more entertaining in regards to the quality of football, but there were still some great games to watch last week and um, look, there's some belters coming up this week. We'll get to those in a moment. We've got the, uh, the two-minute tip coming up a little bit later. Um, we're going to go into Griffo's Grab in a moment, but as we have been in previous weeks, Griffo, we've actually got a sponsor uh, specifically for your segment. Uh, I thought it was a bit ironic that this sponsor wanted to sponsor your segment in particular. I think they're trying okay. to trying to butter you up so that they might be Griffo's Grab one week. But um, we've actually got this new sponsor on board, and the name of the new sponsor is Tiger Town. Wooden spoons. Hold on to your seats, folks, because we've got an exciting new product to tell you all about. Are you tired of always being the champion? Sick of collecting all those trophies and medals? Then you need something that says, I'm not afraid to lose. Introducing Tiger Town Wooden Spoons. The only way to show off your love for mediocrity. These handcrafted spoons are made from the finest wood, guaranteed to last you a lifetime of losing. They're perfect for scooping up your pride and serving it with a side of humility. But don't just take our word for it. Hear from some of our happy customers. I used to be embarrassed about coming last. Now I display my Tiger Town wooden spoons with pride. My friends used to laugh at me for never winning, but now they're jealous of my sweet spoon collection. So if you're ready to embrace your inner underdog, head to your nearest sports store and grab a Tiger Town wooden spoon. They're perfect for stirring up your team's losing spirit or just eating your words after a big loss. I'll tell you what, they're thinking of everything, aren't they, the merchandise department at these clubs yeah. these days? But um, look, talk about making lemonade from lemons. Um, Tiger Town Wooden Spoons. If you're a Tigers fan, um, the commemorative spoons. Now, I know... I don't know about you, Griffo. I've, I've not been one to be a spoon collector, whether they're of the... Um, you know, the silver variety or the wooden variety. Um, but it is something that people are quite into and they do have uh, some quite nice spoon collections available. I'm sure in years to come, the, the Tiger Town wooden spoon collection um, will be something to marvel at. It may be in a museum. Oh, absolutely. They, they put them on display at the Centre of Excellence. <laughs> so, they might need a better. I can't. They might need a... They might need a the center of hope—it's the center <laughs> of hope and always will be until they actually start playing decent rugby league. So um, maybe one day they'll be the center of excellence, but um, they're certainly not at the moment. It's a center of hope. It's almost a center of despair, one would think, uh, for for the supporters. But uh, yeah, hang in there, Tiger fans. Hang in there. 
Hang in there. You might get off the bottom of the ladder still yet. And even better, one day you might even be in line to win Griffo's grab. All right, I caught your eye this week, mate. Uh, Reese Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, playing in his uh, debut game, club debut for the Broncos. He was scintillating. Um, he was undoubtedly the man of, man of the match. I, I dare say probably the man of the round. Um, Cowboys had a lot of trouble with him. Um, this guy's an attacking uh, weapon. Uh, he's got speed. He's got deception. Um, he's involved heavily in the play. We saw at the Warriors that he, he had talent, but he was he was in a side that was probably not overly um, uh, talented. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a bit hot and cold, I guess. But uh, in, a, in a side where he's got more talent around him, he, he does really look dangerous. I just thought I'd go through the stats. He, he ran mm. 16 times, 175 metres. Uh, not a lot of post-contact. Part of that was because they couldn't lay hand on him. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's right. There was no contact. Um, that's, be, you know, I looked at that because he's only got 26 post-contact metres, and that's... I guess that stat is a little bit deceptive in that case because they just couldn't touch him. Uh, so it doesn't go down as post-contact if you don't actually uh, make contact. Uh, three line break assists. He didn't actually... It says he doesn't didn't make a line break, but uh, he created a lot. He try assist. He had three tackle breaks. So the actual stats, apart from uh, the 175 running meters, they don't they're not standout uh, stats as such, but I guess again this sort of underlies that stats aren't everything. Um, he was he was outstanding, and uh, I won't say he was the only dif- the difference, but had he have not been there, um, maybe a different result. But uh, he's he's at the back of a of a Broncos side that at the moment are firing. Uh, they got a lot of weapons in that back line, so it's not a, just the Reese Walsh show. You've got uh, as you mentioned earlier, Graham Mam doing really good stuff in attack. Herbie Farnworth continues to impress. He is a really good pickup for the Dolphins for next year. Um, but Reese Walsh was the guy that uh, got my eye this week. Definitely, and when you look at it, the um, the Broncos that we, we were impressed with them coming out of that first week, and we said that you know when Reese Walsh come in, it was a bit of an unknown as to whether he would gel straight away with the team. He looked like an absolute superstar. He looked like he's going to be one of the keys to this team. So I, I actually was so impressed. I I think I think Brisbane. Um, a lot of people are starting to stand up and take notice of Brisbane. Um. It's hard to know how much of it is people getting carried away with a couple of good performances. Um, putting it together for a whole season is going to be a, a bit of a different um, different story. But just to give you, I know you know we sometimes use the betting agencies as a bit of a gauge to see what the fans are saying and the market's saying um, around teams and 
and what's happening there. But in the um, premiership market, you now have the Broncos in at fifth favourite. They've shortened to $10. So the only teams that Sportsbet have ahead of them are the Panthers, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Storm. The Broncos are next in that list. They've overtaken the likes of you know, Cronulla, North Queensland, Parramatta and Manly um, in the last couple of weeks as, as premiership contenders. So if you're, if, you're, you know, if you're one that looks at what the betting agencies are doing and what they think about uh, teams, they're really starting to, um, to shorten the odds on Brisbane being a, a premiership contender. So you know, credit, credit to them. They're, um, they've started the season well and they couldn't have had a, a better start really. No, they're. I think the betting agencies might have that one uh, correct. Yeah, yeah. So Interesting, it's... Graham. That uh, you know, we talk about the teams on the top of the ladder. Manly are at twenty to win the comp. Dolphins are at thirty six dollars, and uh, the Dragons forty one. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, but but in, in in saying that, you know, you got teams like the Dolphins. Um, they were, I mean, they've almost halved their price. I think going yeah. into the season, they were they were probably paying about seventy, seventy or eighty dollars. So, yeah, a bit of a bit of a watch this space. I think, um, I, I think another couple of good performances, and I think people might be starting to look at them as possible, um, you know, bets to put on in their future markets to to make the top eight because all yeah. of a sudden you're seeing teams like. The, the dolphins and with every win they they get they they're closer to achieving that and yeah so um definitely it's a great start but I, I don't think they're going to get there i i I'm still i don't see who they'll displace i don't i really yeah. don't see who will fall out I, I even think that teams like there's going to be this this run of teams now that brisbane's showing some promise you're going to have one of those teams in that shuffle like your Parramatta manly that that may miss out and for another team again to miss out for the Dolphins to slip in, I just look. Stranger things have happened, but at this stage in the game, I'm being pretty cautious on that one. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it, very exciting stuff if you're fans of those those teams. Um, that brings us really to this week. We've got a whole week of footy to to preview, um, so we might as well uh, kick things off for this week. We've got the um, the two-minute tip this week and some big games coming up, some mouth-watering uh, clashes ahead. All right, there's the whistle and the kickoff for the round three preview on Carpool Rugby League. The first game we're going to see this week on Thursday night, we'll see the top-of-the-table Seagulls take on the Parramatta Eels. It's almost uh, first versus last here. The only thing keeping the Eels off the bottom is the, the Tigers are... Uh, for and against, but we've got a, a team on four points against a team on zero points. This is going to happen at Four Pines Park in Sydney, which is uh, it's Brookvale Oval, for those who are, are wondering what that means to them. Uh, for the Manly Seagulls, they're coming off the bye, as I said. They've got Josh Schuster coming back on deck from his calf injury. So uh, Cooper Johns, he'll go back to the reserves list. That's the only change I can see from the team that defeated the Bulldogs in round one, which, like you said, that round almost seems like a lifetime ago, given uh, all the, the games we've had last week. Um, Lachlan Croker should be good to go after that head knock he suffered in the game against the Dogs. 
for the Eels, Mika Sivo, um, there's a bit of concern around him from Parramatta given the fact that he was charged with dangerous contact. He is free to play. He has been given a fine. Um, Brad Arthur sticking with his squad, the same 17 that uh, lost to the Sharks last week. Uh, for those who are wondering where Ryan Madison is, he's still got one more week to go in that suspension. Um, Griffo, this is an interesting one because we've only seen the Seagulls play one game. Eels, many would say, have had a couple of tough games and it's a bit hard to gauge where, where they're at They're at so early. So it's a bit of a danger one for the tipsters out there. Yeah, um... I don't want to. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty confident Manly win this game. Um, you know, could be famous last words, but I was really impressed with Manly in their trial games when they beat the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. And yeah, it's a trial, but you know, you usually say, "Oh, it's just a trial" when your team loses. Um, <laughs> when you win. I guess it builds confidence. Um, and they got hundred we... grand for it. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, first round they were very impressive against an unimpressive Bulldogs team. Um, I, I, I really, it'll take a huge effort from Power to win this. I think um, they played two games at home and, and lost both. The coach has put his faith in the in the players by naming them from one to seventeen again. Mm. I think there's a few guys in the side that you know, I mentioned Bailey Simonson, he he's he had a poor game last week, a lot of mistakes. Um we still haven't seen the best of this Dylan Brown this season, although uh, he was better last week, but I just think Manly look hungry. Um, whether the week off is, is a good thing for them, I'm not sure it was uh, in that they were on a bit of a roll, but Schuster back, that that's interesting because Cooper Johns was going well. Um, Schuster, he didn't play the World Cup because he just wanted to focus completely on, on uh, being at his best for this year. Manly for me, too many guns. Yeah, I'm a bit the same as you. I think Manly will get the job done in this one. Um, but, you know, there's a part of me that's concerned and very cautious about tipping Parramatta to open the season 0-3. Um, They're going to go from ozone to uh, from oxygen to ozone if they do. <laughs> I'll tell you what. That it, it it is it's 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 a fair fall from grace, and I'm not writing them off in this one. But I just think with Manly, I think what we're forgetting too is they were they were actually really strong in that first game where they played against the Bulldogs. They were they were quite convincing in that game. They they played really well, and they're another team that we haven't talked as much about. And they're in a little bit of that situation where we've we've talked about other clubs having similar squad and having another year under the belt to, to build on it. So I think we're seeing some of those players, um, you know, like your Josh Schuster, your, your Brad Parkers with another season under their belt, um, 
yeah, just just really building on those combinations. And whilst Tom Trebojevic is in this team, he's one of the best players in the world, and uh, he's obviously going to add significant amount of strike to them. So, especially given it's at Brookvale, I think that's pushing everything into um, Manly's favour. You looked at the bench there, mate. It's the bench. The bench the Manly. for Manly. Manly. Kale Weeks, Trevojevic, Ethan Bullimore, Sean Kepi. It's a pretty good bench. And you even look yes. at some of the players that can't break into this side, like you simply... Yeah. I mean, Cooper Johns, obviously, we saw in the side there, filling in in the halves, but... Yeah. Um, Lawton no spot and the, for a condon. No spot for the condon. So, um, no, there'll be... Uh, yeah, we've got they got him in reserve, and they'll they'll whip him out when needed. Sometimes you know you, you need to you need one you need uh you need something on short notice. So we'll see how we go. But uh, yeah, I think I think Manly in 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 this one, and I, I think that's a really good uh, point, Griffo. The the depth that they've got there really highlights um, the the squad they have, and I don't know if they get the credit for the squad they do have. Uh, the Newcastle Knights they'll be at home this week. And it's uh, up against the Dolphins. Um, we talked about the great start that the Dolphins have had to the to the year. And we also mentioned some of the challenges the Knights have had despite winning last week. They've got Ponga and Braley out again this week. I mean, when I say again, we know they started last week, but they barely played. Um, both of them went off due to concussion. They'll be out this week. Tyson Frizzell is out this week due to an ankle injury. And Jacob Sayafiti suspended so you've got really four of their biggest names um on the sideline this week they've got gamble in at number six crossland at hooker hetherington starting at prop jones will be in the starting side he was 18th man um coming in last week um they've got a few young players that i don't know a lot about coming off the bench this week making their debut duncan lucas and ryan rivet um, Rivet trying to hold the team together. I th- I, th- I think I was going to say there's a joke there where he's uh he's he's trying to keep a keep the roof on things, but um, they've still got some other injuries to add to that list. I mean, Adam Elliott's out with that groin injury. Kurt Mann. I mean, they they're they're looking at being out for a month or so. Those players, we we can't put a return date on this. Kalen Ponga. Um, concussion situation they could be without some players for a while um the only setback i suppose for for the dolphins it is a big one i mean jeremy marshall king he's going to be out for a couple of games due to suspension we mentioned that um, that is a big loss yeah he spent some time off the field he's been great for them cody nicarim is going to come in at hooker there'll be some question marks over um his ability to to fill those shoes of marshall king uh, Ray, Ray Stone's been named to return from the knee injury he suffered in round one. Um, that would mean that Teague's going to go back to 18th man. So a lot of challenges, especially for the Knights here in regards to, to personnel losses. And the Dolphins do have that setback, but you'd have to say out of these two sides, they're the form team coming into this one with a lot of strike power in that back line. The Dolphins? Yeah. Yeah, um, with a hammer, he's he's strike. Um, Sarko's been better than what a lot of people. Yeah, he has. Yeah, I, I, yes, he has been. I got to give the guy credit. Um, 
but for me, he's still a Vauxhall Diamonds. Um, I'm not not huge on Brenko Lee. I think Aitken's a good defensive player. Jesse New's got talent, um, and he's going a right in the wing. But he's not really a winger. I think they've done so well to win two games because I still think that's not a very good sign. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get behind them until you see a bit more, isn't it, really? Look, I, I've got to pay credit to, to the whole organization. They've won two games, and I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think they're going to win three. Um, the loss of Marshall King is a big one. He's been fantastic for them. Um, so a big job for, for Cody Nicarima. On the flip side, on the other side, Phoenix Crossland is not a hooker. He's a makeshift nine as well. So um, I just think Newcastle are missing too much talent. It'll give them a massive boost. And, and they should be high on on confidence and enthusiasm after their win last week under those incredible uh, odds. But I have to tip a more settled Dolphins team. What about yourself, Graham? I'm going with the Dolphins in this one too. I um, I actually think that, you know, whilst whilst it's very hard to get sold on them, I've got to give them a lot of credit. Like I said earlier, some of those players in the forwards especially look um, revitalized. Your Bromwiches, your, your Kafusis. And I even think that... Um, They've got a good balance in the halves with with Katara and O'Sullivan. We talked a lot about O'Sullivan last year when he came into to first grade uh, when needed. He actually had some really good games, and he's a, he's a solid halfback. He's the type oh, of player that will get a job done. Yeah. Very smart. Guide, yeah, you you know that a lot of the times he's going to try and come up with the with the right play, and the play is going to be one that's going to have a positive impact, and he has the ability to settle and control a game. Um, the, the, the half on the other side, Jackson Hastings, um, bit of a different type of player, probably a bit more erratic, but I, I, I even, I'm even giving credit. I think Jermaine Asako has been, been doing some good things for them. Tessie Neu has been, been, um, obviously on the end of some, um, some good service as well. The hammer is outstanding. I even think, you know, we talk about benches. I, I even think the depth through to the bench with the likes of, um, you know, Funny Man Connolly, um, Mark Nichols, Ray Stone. There's some there's some really good um, players there on the bench. Um, so, I'm 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 tipping the um, I'm tipping the Dolphins in this one. I'm I'm calling a Dolphins three peat for round one, two, three. Yep. <laughs> I might get a bit of uh, flack for using the term three Pete and the Dolphins, but that's all right. Um, this next game, jeez, um, what do you say about the Roosters versus Rabbitohs at Allianz Stadium on Friday night? This is the biggest rivalry we have in our game, and it's um, the first time they've met since what's been dubbed uh, Sinbin Sunday in uh, the finals last year. There's a uh, some big ends for the Roosters looking at their list here. Uh, I've noticed Jabari Hargraves is there. Um, Victor Radley's there. They're both returning. Um, 
Brandon Smith. Now, the word is that he's had scans on his rib cage and is cleared to play. So there's another big in for them. Um, some people may have been concerned from the Rooster side of things with Joe Suwali being charged with dangerous contact. Uh, never fear, Roosters fans. He received a fine, so he'll be good to go. Um, so some massive names back on deck for the Roosters, but also some uh, names back on deck for the Rabbitohs, probably the biggest of those, Tavita Totola. He's back after missing last week and effectively the, the week before after being knocked out in the um, first tackle of uh, their round one match with the Sharks. So him coming back will provide a lot of steel to that, um, that middle of the park. Also, Hame Sele coming back from a calf injury. That'll be a welcome return again to, to further boost that forward pack. That means David Moali moves back to the bench. Um, Daniel Salika Fafida moves back to the reserves. Jed Cartwright back to the reserves as well. Um, also, just to keep in mind there, Jai Arrow still out. So Michael Cheekham holding his spot there in the back row. As I said, Griffo doesn't get much bigger than South Roosters, uh, especially given the um, the fiery clash, I suppose we could call it, that, that we saw last year. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about this. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot said throughout the week in the media and uh, some of the... Uh, some of the key figures from both times from both teams, I think, are going to have microphones put in front of them for comment this week. <laughs> Graham, as um, as a fan of rugby league, um, take out the Panthers, who obviously I you know have most interest in every week. This is the game that interests me the most. That doesn't involve the Panthers every. Uh, year twice a year at least these two teams come together and there's usually fireworks of some description um i i love you know i love these two teams playing uh they, you know we went that night we've talked about on the podcast before <laughs> but, um one of the great nights <laughs> it really was um so, I know where I'm going to be uh, Friday night. It's going to be in front of the big screen. And I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm glad to see the uh, return of, of guys like Waria Hargreaves and Victor Radley because uh, they're at the forefront of intensity for the Roosters and of course, we see that the South strongman Tola comes back. Good to see him back. Sele, as you mentioned, it's uh, it's it's going to be a big game. Um, I it's hard to pick a winner, isn't it? Oh, uh, it always is. It always is. But I've got question marks over, you know. I've got question marks over the health of Radley. Um, he's like we talked about Kalen Ponga. Radley's probably had nearly as many, if not more, concussions over the last 18 months. Um, I do, I do think Souths with a, a fairly settled side, um, I, I, I'm going to tip Souths 
I, I just think they've had the wood over the roosters a bit for the last few years. I am wary of uh, of Tedesco, Suwali'i, Manu. Uh, I think they're amazing. And uh, I think Sousa probably got a little bit more in the forwards um, and on the bench. I think Sousa probably got a better bench. Um, the Roosters' bench is versatile, but apart from... Terrell May, I don't think there's a lot of danger from 14 to 17 there. Um, Taff is a really good player and, and can come on and create. Uh, I've, I've gone over my limit, Graham. I've got a no, tip, yeah, right. Stop with confidence. <laughs> but uh, I know who you're going to tip, but uh, what do you think about the game in general? Uh, yeah, I mean, you've you, you got to love this game. It's really the it's it's a massive game. It's the biggest game for you know, you know. It's the biggest regular season game when it comes around. You know, the couple of times a year it does, and you know the media, the the teams, the media, everyone does a good job at at buying into the rivalry, which is good to see. I think for this one, and and they do with the media, they buy into the rivalry, and I think more important than beating the Roosters, if I dare say it. I think the Rabbitohs need two points. And if I look at it from the other side, more so than the Rabbitohs wanting to beat, uh, more so the Roosters wanting to beat the Rabbitohs, the Roosters want those two points. Both of these teams are desperate for two points this week. It just so happens that they're playing each other and we're going to have one team, uh, either the Roosters or the Rabbitohs, going into round four with only one win. I think that desperation for the two points might supersede the... Um, the desperation to, to beat the, the Crosstown rivals. Uh, I think what gives me a bit of hope this week for the Rabbitohs is the fact that we've got a few forwards back. As I said, there are, you know, last week there were five forwards that um, are in the regular um, rotation for first grade. You know, Dry Arrow, Tavita Totola, Havili, Sele, and Jacob Host. Um, that, that meant that the depth was really tested. Um, and in big game situations, um, love him to death, but I think he struggled a bit last week, Jed Cartwright, just to keep up with the pace of the game in those big games. Um, you mentioned Griffo, Shaq did a wonderful job. Um, interesting to see how they use Taff. He's only been playing a little bit at the end of each game, and I know uh, fellow Carpool or Shane's a bit miffed as to why Taff's playing a limited minute, so it'll be interesting to see if his role expands, but I think that extra strike through the forwards uh, that little bit of extra um, meters will open it up a bit more for the halves in earlier some Walker and just take a bit of pressure off them. Also, I think if South win that forward battle, uh, they'll get Cook on the front uh, front foot off the back of a few more Cameron Murray quick play the balls, and I think that might be enough to create some points. Before I move on, I know the tidbits of Shano's department, but I've got a good little tidbit for you, Griffo. Tom Burgess on Friday night will be the fourth highest cap rabbito in history it's a big effort so that's a massive effort there for um for him i think the player he overtakes if i'm not mistaken i hope i haven't got this wrong i actually think it was um bob mccarthy so yeah absolutely outstanding sorry who was that great to see um 
Yeah. To 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 see that, and I think that'll be his. Yeah, it'll be his two hundred and twelfth first grade game. Yeah. Sorry, Graham. I just didn't pick up who you said he's taking over from. Did you mention that? Seems to have lost you. So yeah, sorry about that. I had a bit of technical difficulty. Sorry with the with the sound there for a second, but yeah, just uh, confirming there. Tom Burgess will play his two hundred and twelfth first grade game for for the Rabbitohs. Um, Bob McCarthy is the player he's overtaking, who played two hundred eleven games. So he'll be legend of the club, fourth on the um, all time yeah. most capped player list. So. It's a great effort, and I think you know it just shows that he, he with the Burgesses. I know um, we talk a lot about some of the others, but um, yeah, for longevity, um, well done for George and uh, George Tom. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. That's probably how he's played so long. Half the games are probably George, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I'm going, going Rabbitohs, uh, but geez. this could go either way. It's going to be an absolute belter. Can't wait for it, and. Um, yeah, if you if you watch one game this week, this is the one to get on. Okay, so our next game uh, moves us to Saturday. We've got the Titans taking on the Storm, 3 p.m. Uh, this will be a Titans home game at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, in regards to the team news for the Titans, Brian Kelly returning after serving a four-match ban for a dangerous throw. Um, in round 24 last year, that would have been. So he's been obviously missing from um, yeah, a long time ago, but uh, finally served that suspension. Uh, Sammy shifting to the wing. Jojo Fafita dropping out. Sam Verrills uh, is out of the side with a shoulder complaint. Um, Chris Randall's replacing him. Um, Verna's playing his first game since 2021 after missing all of last year with an ACL injury. And um, we've got Big Tino, obviously, in the side, but we've also got Isaac. I don't know about Isaac Fasua Mala. Mala his Aoi, brother, younger brother. But it's his younger brother from what we hear. Yep. Uh, he's playing his first uh, first game in the NRL. So definitely keep an eye on him. Um, for the Storm, Justin Olam has been named to return early from an injury which was initially expected to keep him out until round six. Very interesting news there to see him named. Uh, Xavier Coates um, out with a shoulder. Kamakamika with a foot. Tarek Sims with a calf. A back. They've been out for the last few weeks. So Coates back from shoulder injury. Kamakamika back from the foot injury. Tarek Sims back from the calf injury just to sum that up. Um, obviously they'll go through all the tests this week, but if they're named, you'd think they'd be, um, they'd be good to go. And um, Jonah Pezzett makes his NRL debut off the bench. Big blow for them, obviously, this week, as you mentioned, Griffo. They'll be without a sofa to sit on. Um, Big Nelson, a sofa, Salomona, six to eight weeks out with a knee injury, we're hearing. 
So I think really the story here is um, a lot of players back on deck. They're coming up against a team in the Titans that have struggled. Is there enough there for you to um, to to tip the storm this week and see them bounce back? I really don't know who's going to win this game, Graham. Um, I'm going to tip the Titans. Uh, no confidence. Uh, the reason I'm tipping them is because of the outs for the Storm. They are bringing in some good players. Uh, Justin Oldham returns from injury. He was expected to be out for four weeks. He's he's only missed two games. Whether that's uh, a risk, I'm not sure. Colts is back this week. He was named last week, didn't play. I don't think he's going to be at full fitness, whether he plays or not. So we know he's a good player, but there's a question mark there. Um, interestingly, Tarek Sims makes his club debut. Pezzett makes his first-grade debut. We know Pezzett's quality. Um, I think we'll see him. And I would have started with him rather than Tyron Wishart. But uh, we will see Pezzett in the game. It's not a bad forward pack. Uh, gee, it's, it's a tough one. Um, the loss of Verrills is big for the Titans. But uh, I, uh, I can never be confident. Um, but I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to stick with them. I, I, I was disappointed last week. But I th interestingly, uh, Coach is stuck with Tanner Boyd at halfback. Gives him another mm, chance. Very interesting. Uh, we talked about that in the, earlier in the, in the program. Uh, and he is there at seven. Um, so the coach is showing some faith. We know Brian Kelly's a good player. He's a very good attacking player. Sometimes his defense maybe not uh, reliable, but uh, yeah, there's plenty of try scoring ability in this side. With you've got Fifita, Big Tino, and and and, and another Fasuwa Malawi. Um, if he's if he's half as good as his brother, um, <laughs> he's pretty pretty good. So. Uh, a guy, Joe Vooner, I'm not familiar with Joe. Um, most Joes have a uh, have an E on uh, the end. This is just uh, this is J.O. Vooner. Um, interesting to see, again, uh, a guy I think making his debut. So uh, I'm going to go Titans. Graham, what do you think? I'm going Storm. Um Concerns about this one, obviously, and I think the concerns not not to you know not not going to bag him or anything, but there's a big big gap there in the number six. It's a big jersey to fill. Um, Tyron Wisher playing number six. That's Cameron Munster's spot. That's that's the heartbeat of the team, and um, where everything comes from. So yeah, uh, big shoes to fill, but. You know, as I said, if if Coates isn't quite right, Justin Olam coming back very early, I have very big concerns about that. But if those players, if Olam, Sims, Kamakamika, Coates are all fit, 
I think they've got enough strike in this team to score points, and I don't think that the the Titans will be able to to hold that out. So um, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the I'll go with the Storm in this one. All right, then we move on to our second game on Saturday, which will be taking place at 5:30 p.m. This will see the Cowboys hosting the Warriors um, at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Uh, team news for this one, a couple of force changes for the Cowboys. Um, Chester coming in at fullback for his second NRL game in place of Scott Drinkwater, who I alluded to earlier when we talked about last week's games. He's got a three-week ban. Um, Shibasaki replacing Hiku <coughs> in the centres. Hiku's out for a couple of weeks, also suspended. Um, Chans, Nickel Klockstad, uh, we saw also suffering concussion. Uh, he's not going to be there this week. Um, I'm going to make a mess of his name. Tane Tua Upiki. Tua... Someone will tell me I've got that wrong. Tua Upiki. Uh, hopefully it won't be week. me, Graham. Sorry? It won't be me telling you. you got no. Right. So I'll, I'll listen out for the call this week in the Warriors-Cowboys game. Apologize in advance and... Uh, and get the pronunciation correct next week, but uh, he'll be making his debut at fullback. Uh, Jackson Ford also going to miss the game after copying a head knock last week, so a foe is going to come into the starting side. Sirenan joining the bench. Um, Josh Curran, he's been named to play, but uh, to Vegas on the extended squad. Um, I think Curran's got to pass a fitness test for a hip pointer injury. And a uh, little tidbit there, Tohu Harris, 200th game. This week in the NRL, um, very experienced player, um, another player who has been key for the success of the Warriors, if they are to have success, I should say. Um, Cowboys looking to bounce back, but geez, Drinkwater's a massive loss, isn't he? He is. Um, their rise to prominence last year coincided with him coming in at fullback. Um, couple of rounds into the competition. I don't know much about Chester. But I've heard he's good. Um, good young junior. So he gets an opportunity here. That he probably wasn't expecting so early in the year, but so he's got big big shoes to fill. So much of what the Titans do in attack that's good revolves around Scott Drinkwater. So it is really going to be a massive disruption to their attacking uh, weaponry. Um, they don't really have too many other guys out besides him that weren't already out. So uh, the Bloom's still not back. Um, Luciano Leilua, he's still on the uh, you know, stand down, no fault, whatever it's called. Um, he's done something bad potentially, and that's why he's not there. But um, when I do say allegedly or potentially, um, we don't know. So apart from uh, apart from drink water, um, it's, although in the centres as well, there's a change there. Um, that's Hiku not there. Hiku's out, yeah. Oh, interestingly, the Bloons listed on the extended bench. Um, mm. Number so, 18, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's good to see that he must be getting close to returning. Um, he Slowly is not just... A, him. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's not just a carpool rugby league favourite. He's he's a quality player. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. So Shibasaki comes in. He's had first grade experience at I think the Broncos in the night. I have to tip the Cowboys. Um, while, as you mentioned, Drinkwater's out. The one from the uh, the Warriors is also out. Nick Clockleshard start. So um, I don't have a lot of faith in the the backline of the Warriors. I like their forward pack, but I just think uh, I think it's going to be the Cowboys. They'll be smart enough after last week's loss and want to return to the winner's circle. Graham. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit the same. I think the Cowboys they are a strong team. I'm I'm worried obviously about that loss to Scott of Scott Drinkwater, but they've got some quality players in other parts of the uh the field as well, across the field. And I think I, I'm really looking forward to the Ford battles in this one. Uh, we've got two two big strong packs that they're looking to to lay that platform, but um yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to be one of the teams to keep an eye on this year, um, and I don't think their their start really reflects just how strong they're going to be. I think this could be a week that they bounce back against the Warriors team that has the potential to, to let their guard down if things aren't going their way. So, uh, yeah, Cowboys for me in this one. Okay, last game on Saturday evening, we'll see the the high-flying Broncos take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, very interesting matchup here. Both teams currently on four points, and there has to be a winner in this one. Uh, the only change to the Broncos side from last week, uh, Arthur's replacing Oates. He had surgery on his jaw, and um, they're looking at a couple of months out for him, probably about six to eight weeks would be um, a fair indication given uh, the the surgery he had. For the Dragons, um, they won last week and they came through unscathed. Uh, So they've got the same 17 that beat the Titans last week. Um, Hard to get a gauge, I suppose, on the Dragons given they've only played one game. A lot of talk coming out of the trials, Griffo... You know, if you trial form means anything, that poor first half when the Dragons had their their first string team against the Rabbitohs, they 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 really struggled, and they're coming up against a high flying Broncos side. I think there's the potential here for um, the Dragons if they're not ready to go, they can get well, they can get shown up in a big way by by this Brisbane team. Yes. Uh, I do agree. Uh, um, the Dragons undefeated in in 2023, as you say, and credit to them uh, for that. But uh, they're coming up against an undefeated team who's actually won two games um, against quality opponents. The Dragons had the bye, and then they come up against the Titans, who, who are not the top side um if the both teams play to their ability uh you got to say the broncos win and, and win reasonably well i'm going to go broncos i think with the likes of walsh farnworth cobble mom stags 
being sort of led around by Adam Reynolds and then there's a, a strong forward pack with Jensen, Haas, Capewell, Ricky Carrigan and then on the bench you bring out Paliasia, Flegata, Tapao, I think he's changed. Taupau is how I think he likes to pronounce it now. Um, Broncos. And I'm thinking uh, I might jump on this team for my joker and they might be my knockout team. Ooh. I think I'm going to go no. all out, which could be again uh, to my detriment, but I think the Broncos win here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I'm, I'm with you. I think the Broncos are specials. This could be the, um, yeah, Joker and the Thief. I'm just looking at the, we don't have many games left. And given what we've got so far, this is probably the, the one that I'm expecting. A, you know, it might even be this or even maybe the Sharks later on. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the Broncos have been phenomenal. I think that they've had, um, I'm really impressed with, obviously, you know, Patrick Carrigan. I, I know I talk about him a lot, but I just think he is one of the best forwards in our game. I said earlier I'm really impressed with how Mams uh, come into this side and built that combination with Reynolds. Their outside backs, um, yes, in Staggs and Farnworth, and then we know what Cobbo's um, capable of, have been phenomenal. And the injection of Reese Walsh last week was outstanding. All all signs to me are pointing towards a uh, Brisbane win in this one. So moving to our Sunday games. Now, don't forget this time of year, the earliest game you'll see on a Sunday will be at 4.05 p.m. And as I mentioned earlier, the Bulldogs will be at home in their at their traditional home ground of um, Belmore. Belmore Sports Ground will um, yeah, be the location for this one when they take on the West Tigers. Uh, going into depth on the team news, um, as you'd imagine, uh, no need for Seraldo to change much with um, a team that came back from Melbourne with two points. Um, those who are keeping an eye on um, key injuries... The club is saying that Pengai Jr. is probably about a week away. Um, Josh Reynolds, you'll notice this week, is part of the extended squad, so keep an eye on that. Uh, for the Tigers, Dane Laurie's out, so Charlie Staines, he's going to get a crack at fullback. Um, Junior Tupu comes in on the wing. Tommy Talau, uh, out with a concussion, being replaced by Stafford Toa. In the forwards, we see Sean Bloor coming back from his concussion, and uh, Bole is back from a knee injury with Offahengawi going to the bench and Seifarth to the reserves. Isaiah Papali'i out suspended. Um, Simkin out with a head knock being replaced by Wakeham. Bateman listed amongst the reserves as he starts to learn the plays from what we hear. So maybe he's learned a couple. And uh, by next week, didn't think, think the they field. had that many to learn. Oh, but but fair dinkum, just like it couldn't couldn't be any worse. You you think they need some sort of spark, some injection of something, um, whether he's it or not. Uh, who knows? But uh, I I feel like it might be time to throw something against the wall to see if it sticks. And and John Bateman's probably not a bad option there. But um, look, they're coming up against the dog side that were very good last week. It's going to be tough again for the Tigers. Yeah. I'm, I'm... I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Um, 
I, I'm not convinced of, of their, you know, credentials just yet. And I know that we're good against the Storm, but but I think as much as anything, that that would have really given them a lot of confidence. Um, Tigers not a noted defensive uh, powerhouse to the competition. Uh, so the, those Bulldogs guys like Avarillo, Caraz, um, the whole backline really were doing really well last week. I think they're going to be hungry for tries, and I think they're going to score a few. Um, this Preston that's come into the side looks the goods. We've um, got Big Villiam, Kikau there. One thing that really I'm puzzled by, Graham, uh, about the Bulldogs... Yeah, it's why Jaden Ockenbaugh is listed at fourteen. I don't understand that one. Um, Very he's interesting. A he's a winger, and uh, is this a? Uh, is this one of those ones where? I don't know. Is he playing silly buggers? Or? Yeah, I mean, is this one of those ones why, where the team comes out a day before or an hour before, and Josh Reynolds is wearing fourteen, or they put yeah. another forward? Makes sense. I don't know. Um, in saying that, uh, New Brown was with the Tigers last year, played hooker and played well. I just think it's a slightly unbalanced bench when you've got a winger on there. Um, and and I, I actually don't think he's that good a winger, but that's just that's my opinion. Um, but anyway, I think they'll have enough. Tigers have made so many changes, some of them forced. Uh, I think it's... Uh, it's good that uh, Bolay's back there. I think he's good. We haven't seen Bloor play first grade for some time um, for the Tigers in the NRL. You know, you're shuffling deck chairs, but how you can't get <laughs> Bateman into that 17, it's just... He has to be injured. You, there's got to be there's more no, to it. Why do you bring a guy out from England? And I, I think they had to pay a transfer fee, I think. Yeah. Might be wrong on that, but I think that was the case. Why would you go to all that trouble and not play him unless he's injured? This nonsense about um, he doesn't know the plays. What's to know? They they had no plays. He is a winner. Well, if he is a guy who will give you a hundred percent and give have a goal, and things happen around him. If he's not one of the best 17 in that club, then I've never watched the game of rugby league. Um, they've got a, a coach. They've not just got one coach. They've got a whole fleet of coaches. Um, yeah. It's like they had, a, you know, 50 captains. Now they've got that many coaches. <laughs> and they're still crap. Like, it's not that much wrong. It's, it's semi-rant here, sorry, but uh, he has to be injured. They deny the fact that he, or that they deny he's injured, but they don't pick him in the team. It, it's, and the team's going like shit. I mean, <laughs> seriously, is there not a coach amongst their their team of coaches that thinks Bateman should be in the team? Uh, I, I speak on. I guess really on my own behalf, but I, I think the Tigers fans out there would be asking these questions. Why is he not there mm. if he's so-called fit? 
What have they got to lose? I mean, but, they've got you know, nothing to lose. Why do I they mean, do anything? We say, why have they got him sitting there? Why do they do Graham. anything? Why do you try why? to make logic out of anything that happens at the West Tigers? Uh, it's, I it's, thought they'd turned a corner with the signings that they made. Yeah. Um, they've turned a corner, and, and but they, you know, they've just decided that uh, they don't want to go up uh, Success Street. Yep. They want to stick on failure drive, and uh, that's where they are. They've just got more coaches making these decisions now. Um, if Bateman is fit, he has to play. If he's not playing, it's obviously because he's not fit. He's got an injury. They talked about an ankle. Club denies it, yet they don't pick him. Uh, my apologies for taking too long and going on a bit of a rant. That's quite all right because I didn't have too much to add to that other than the fact that uh, Bulldogs will win. So then moving on to the later game on Sunday evening. Uh, this game will be in Canberra, 6.15 kickoff at GIO Stadium. The Raiders will be hosting the Sharks. Uh, Josh Papali'i remains sidelined with a calf injury. So uh, the starting 13 is going to basically remain unchanged by the looks of things. Um, Mooney's coming into the bench. Uh, that's a positive. That's the only sort of change they've got, so minimal changes there. Nico Hines remains sidelined with his calf injury. Um, Jack Williams is back after recovering from a head knock. Um, Tracy shifting to the 18th man, so... Braden Trindle's still there, obviously, in at halfback. Um, we're still not sure with this Nico Hines injury, just just when he's going to be back. I mean, you know, you look at the NRL website where they've got the injuries and the predictions. They've got round four for Nico Hines. But um, I have a feeling that last week it said round three, so... Who knows with this one? It's a bit of a bit of a watch this space. Um, I don't know how much of the um, the opposition that they play this week factors, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's still a big loss for them, but they've still got some quality across that park, and the Raiders have been less than convincing in their first couple of matches, um, with which they've got nothing to show for it. They've got uh, got two losses from two. Yeah. Um, uh, in the the bits of the game that I saw last week, I was quite disappointed with what they were doing against the Dolphins. They had a lot of ball and they did nothing with it. I'm sitting there saying, "Pass the ball, pass the ball!" Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I know it was wet and the, the the field apparently not really up to NRL standard, but it was the same for both teams and. I was disappointed with the Raiders. Um, I, uh, before the show tonight, I had dinner with my, my cousin, uh, who is a Raiders fan. I said, I'm sorry, but I can't tip your team this week. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I, I don't think they're going well. Um, I just can't tip them. Uh, it's not a bad side on paper, but it's, it's not their best. They're missing the likes, as you said, of, of Josh Papali'i. They're also missing Savage. Um, you, you didn't have a gaff this week, Graham. I didn't. But uh, Sebastian Chris, 
Yeah. Uh, an awful attempt. He's not a fullback, this guy. Ricky, what are you doing there? Um, he was, he, yeah, uh, it was horrible. I mean, again, we all make mistakes, but all he had to do was just get on the ball. Um, and uh, in a game where there weren't many tries, mm-hmm. just just clear it. Get rid massive, of it. massive mistake. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Sharks would have seen that. Um, then I just think the Sharks are basically a better team. I might be wrong, but I'm going to go Sharks. And uh, what do you think, Graham? I like the Sharks in this one too. I, it's, it's, I know this isn't as in-depth as analysis as people are hoping for, but I think it just comes down to the fact that they've got more skill and they're a better team. Um, if Nico Hines was playing in this one, you'd, you'd think that it would be an absolute bloodbath. Um, they did well last week. I think the Sharks should get a lot of credit for the the game they had last week and the win they had over the the Eels. And also, too, don't discount what they showed in the first week. I think a lot of people are forgetting just how close they were in that first week um, with the South Sydney side. I think the um, yeah, they only lost by nine points in round one. But even that scoreline, I think, flattered South Sydney and didn't give an indication as to how close it was. It was... 12 all in that game for a, for a long time when the Sharks were missing some um, some key players. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll be a force to be reckoned with when, when Hines comes back, but I think they'll have enough still without him this week to uh, be able to beat the Canberra Raiders. All right, mate. Well, that's us this week. Um, big round. I know you'll probably be happy to sit back and uh, and watch all the games knowing that the Pen- Penrith yeah. Panthers... Aren't at any risk of any further injury, and they've got oh, two points in the bag. Keep their spot in the eight, I dare say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true, and it's 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 one of those things where you want to take that that um, you know you want to keep that spot, even though it's you know it's from a a buy, you get the two points, but yeah. you know to to look at the to look at the draw and to look at the ladder and see your team in the top eight is always going to be a positive thing. Um, I think probably the, the, the big the big game this week will be Friday night. Um, I know we're talking it up, but uh, there aren't too many South Sydney Roosters games that don't live up to the hype. I mean, that last game between South Sydney and the Roosters was, uh, it was a big one. And um, obviously, they're looking for the two points this week. And we're looking to say thank you for your um listenership and we want to wish you luck for your team in this upcoming week indeed thank you listeners uh, we didn't run the marathon tonight no so, <laughs> to the middle distance yeah so, so enjoy the rugby league and uh, we'll be back next week have a good week everyone I don't have time.